Hebrews 11, verse 30 tonight. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. We want to pause here just to think upon this faith, the faith of God's people as they faced the walled stronghold of Jericho. Here we are reminded that we, the people of God, face opposition. And as they make their journey to the heavenly city, there are strongholds of Satan in the way. Remember, Jericho is beside the river Jordan. The saints have just crossed the river. And immediately they come face to face with this walled fortress. The city was not only in the way of Israel, not only on the route. It's not a case that they can bypass it and go on their way. No, this is not just a stronghold on the route. This is a stronghold opposed to Israel. This is a stronghold determined to resist, halt, and repel the people of God. Ultimately, they are opposing the church. These walled cities are quite common in the land here. And these walled cities, they were the things that were the dread of Israel. Not only were they the dread of Israel, they filled Israel with unbelief. Just even when they heard about them. You remember the spies of old? Come back with the report. And they say that the people that are in the land, they dwell in cities that are walled. And that filled their hearts with fear. Fortresses with warriors enclosed within. The untouchables. And many of them are giants too. As it is said in another description of the report, the cities are great and walled up to heaven. They're very high. And that's what the devil does. He walls the place up to heaven. He wants to keep the people out of heaven, out of the city that have foundations. He builds his strongholds. So this Jericho is a picture of the strongholds of Satan. It portrays the resistance of the gates of hell to the church of Jesus Christ. Not just to us as individuals. We all have our individual warfare, but this is the whole company. This is the body. This is the congregation being opposed. The church is being opposed. The very body of Christ is being opposed The gates of hell portrayed in the walls of Jericho stand up against the captain, Jesus Christ, and his church. Forty years of wilderness hardship. And now this, a very citadel of Satan himself. Now I remind you of the locality and of the scene, the River Jordan, this citadel there, And I remind you of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
the head of the body. What befalls the head befalls the body. And the head of the body, the Lord Jesus Christ, you remember, he was baptized in the Jordan. He came out of the waters of the Jordan. He passed through. And you remember, he faced the strongholds of Satan immediately afterwards. There are interesting parallels between the Lord's journey at this time at the river in the wilderness and facing the devil, parallels with Israel of old in the wilderness coming to face Jericho. Christ had a 40-day wilderness experience. Just as the children of Israel had a 40-year wilderness experience. And Jesus, he was led up of the Spirit. After he comes out of the waters of Jordan, he's led up into the wilderness. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness. Afterwards, he is a hungered. And then he feels the full onslaught of the full blast of Satan's cannons at that point, after the 40 days. He was assaulted during the 40 days, we are sure too. He had trials then during the 40 days. But it's after the 40 days, towards the end of them, that particularly the great temptations came upon him. And the three temptations were the strongholds of Satan. And the Lord triumphed at that time, as we know. And the walls of Satan's stronghold came tumbling down in the very same region and area where these walls came tumbling down that we are thinking about tonight. We as the baptized people of God are not long on the path after baptism when we find standing in the way the gates of hell and the powers of darkness. There's no delay, there's no gap between Jordan and Jericho hardly. Coming out of the waters, the strongholds of Satan there are found. Now remember, God's people are not a warrior race. They're not a trained body of commandos and special military units. No, they are strangers and pilgrims. They are not soldiers with carnal weapons, but they are a people of staffs. Strangers, pilgrims. They're not a people of swords and spears. Israel is not trained for pulling down strongholds. Israel is not trained for overcoming fortresses. Israel knows nothing about siege warfare. Nothing about making the bulwarks. Nothing about the strategy in using ladders and the timing and the positioning of men to get over walls to assault the city They know nothing about catapults and cannons or anything like that. No, if Israel takes Jericho in the carnal way of trained warriors, it will be a slaughter match. 
and Jericho will win the day. It wasn't carnal weapons that pulled down the city walls that day. It wasn't. As Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against God and the knowledge of God. I strongly suspect that Paul had in mind Jericho when he wrote that. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The pulling down of strongholds is not by carnal means, but by the mighty power of God. Walls just don't fall down. They compassed, they encircled the city seven days and they just fell down. There, there were no weapons of warfare used. There's nothing carnal there. It looks like foolishness and folly in the eyes of men. What do these people hope to accomplish by encircling the city and marching around like that? They're blowing trumpets and not saying a word. The walls of the devil's citadel do not come down by the flesh by human reasoning, human wisdom, human methods and human ways. Not by violence, certainly. Not by worldly ways. Satan hath walls of opposition to us. They can be brought down. They shall be brought down. And he won't prevent us getting to the city that hath foundations. But they won't be brought down by carnal means. What do we read here? We read compassed about seven days, seven days marching, seven days walking, blowing trumpets and all this and that. That's not the carnal way to bring down strongholds. And the world, as I said, reckons that pretty useless. This is not carnal. This is faith. That's what this is. By faith, they compassed the city seven days. This is a march of faith. This is an encirclement of faith. This is a blowing of trumpets of faith. This is a, a quietness of faith as they encircle the place. A week of faith. And similarly with Christ, the eternal word as he faced the strongholds of Satan and those three cannon blasts. The Holy Son of God could easily have scattered Satan and a citadel as dust in the wind. By his divine omnipotence. But it is not fitting. That the word made flesh. Who is the head of his body the church. Should scatter Satan by that means. No he also must win by faith. Faith. The head must win by faith. As the body must win by faith. And so Christ is the pilgrim who walks by faith. Who overcomes the strongholds by faith. Who pulls down the citadels of Satan by faith. Who gives himself and dies on the cross by faith. And who has the final tri triumph and the shout of victory by faith. And so with the sword of the spirit. The weapons of faith. The word of God written with three whips of faith. Satan goes home with 
three scars that he shall never forget. And every scar is the same. Embedded upon his scaly flesh are the words, It is written. Faith. Faith overcomes him. Faith pulls down his strongholds. Faith is the victory. So it's only by believing, by obeying and using the word of God and the centrality of the captain's word by which we prevail against Satan. And why does God's word do it? It is written. How can a text do it? How can a text scatter Satan and send him on his way? How can a text make a Christian triumph? Just a text. A few words on paper. The word laughs. And yet the saint triumphs. How can the saint triumph with the word of God through faith? Because it is the word of God. Not the word of man. Because it is God's truth. And God's truth is mighty and powerful and overcoming. What is needed then at Jericho are two things. The first thing is the power of God. That's what brings the walls down. The power of God. God and his omnipotence. God's power is present at Jericho. And God brings the walls down. It's God that does it. We all know that. Marching doesn't bring down walls. Stamping feet has no effect. Blowing trumpets. However many, however loudly they're blown, all the shouting of the whole church doesn't do it. Only God does it. And we know that. Only God gets us to heaven, safe and secure at last, all the opposition having been blown away. Only God does it. Kept by the power of God unto the ultimate and final salvation and the new Jerusalem. Nothing stands against God's power. Not even Satan. And as Jericho falls, so shall Babylon fall. So shall the whole kingdom of darkness fall. So shall every opposition to Jesus Christ fall. And he and his church shall triumph at the last trump. So it's the power of God. But something else is needed. And that's what Paul deals with. It is needed because God desires that his people will be delivered by this means. It's his will that his people exercise faith. And so God requires faith. He requires it. It's absolute necessary. It's impossible to please him without it. It's a thing that he requires. God requireth faith. As satanic opposition and all the difficulties before the church of Jesus Christ, such times call for faith. And here is a faith that brought down the walls. By faith the walls fell down. And the faith was seen. They compassed about the city 
seven deaths. So God brought the walls down. That's the power of God. But it was after the exercise of true faith. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The born again man overcomes the world. He conquers. Maybe not straight away. Maybe not on the first day. But he conquers. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Our faith. By faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, John says? But he that believeth. He that has faith. Faith. So faith here is an overcoming faith. Let's look at their faith. The first thing is that they clearly trusted in the Lord. They ate the promise of the Lord. They had something that upheld them. Something that made them do all of this. Faith. And it was the promises of the Lord. They ate ate the Lord's promises. They had confidence. It's a march of confidence because of the promises of God's presence. And the promises that he would never leave them and be with them. And not only be with them, but give them the victory in the Lamb. So it was the promises and the belief and the faith in the promises that carried them through. Now, it's clear that they could not have done this without promise. I mean, to march around a city seven days like this and think the walls are going to fall down, it's fantasy without a promise. It's fantasy if there's not a promise. It's make-believe, it's fairy tale if there's not a, a God of truth who's given a, a divine word of promise. And what the church has is promise. Exceeding precious and abundant promises. And we are to believe them. Every one of them. So we're not engaged on a fantasy march here. And a fantasy pilgrimage. You know. But we're engaged in a march of a pilgrimage. Where we have under our arm the promises of God. Didn't the pilgrim have that in Bunyan's progress? Didn't he have the charter? Didn't he have the promises of God? And there were promises made. And some of those promises went far back. Even way back to Egypt. When God said, I'll I'll send my fear before thee and I'll destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. I'll make your enemies turn their backs before thee. I'll drive them out. There were distant promises that still held good here. And they were revived among them. But most recently, however, the Lord had appeared and given very specific promise concerning this situation in Jericho, the captain of the host, the Lord himself. Now remember that the cloud and the fairy pillar is gone. All the visible tokens are gone. They're away. The man is gone. It's all ceased. All this miraculous stuff that's visible is all ended. It's all gone. Has the Lord gone? We can't see the Lord now anymore. We don't see any tokens of his presence anymore. He's totally invisible now. And Joshua there, with no cloud and no, no pillar and no, no fairy pillar, he stands there looking over Jericho. Where's the Lord? What are we going to do here? He's seen a man with a sword. He says, as the captain of the Lord of hosts, I'm come here. Take your shoes off. I'm still with you, Joshua. 
I'm invisible, but I'm manifesting myself to you just to bring you another word, to encourage you, to give the people increase of faith. And so this appearance of the captain of the host is a word about Jericho, direction about Jericho, promises about Jericho. So it all comes from the Lord. And we read it there in in, in chapter 6. The Lord said unto Joshua, I've given into thine hand Jericho. It's in your hand. Verse 5, the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. The Lord's promising them. This is what you have to do. You have to march around it seven days. The seventh day you march around it seven times. You blow the trumpets. The last day you blow the trumpets. You give a big shout, and the walls will fall down. It's all there. It's all in the Word. It's all in the promises. It's all in the instruction of the Word. It's all in the guidance. The Lord gives the revelation. And in the light of that revelation, they just go out and do it. They believe the word. They're following the word. Brethren and sisters, if we're not following the word, it's a waste of time. If we're building the church up by our imaginary methods, it's a waste of time. If we're using fleshly wisdom to build up the church and overcome Satan, it's a waste of time. The only way we can build a church and overcome is to follow the word of God. To believe the word of God. To follow the guidance of the word. Not to add our own. Oh, maybe we should talk when we go around the walls. Maybe we should have a few music bands and beat the drums. And have some other instruments as well. Instead of the ram's horn. Maybe we should add this and add that. And add the other. And multiply all these methods. And the walls will come down. No. You have to do what God says. Ram's horns only. The Ark of the Covenant only. The whole body of the men, people of God, and quietness, utter quietness only. Faith, confidence in the Lord. This is what they have. They they have this word, and they go and do it, confident in the Lord's word, believing the Lord's word. But of course, the second thing is, that they obey the Lord's word. It's not just that they, oh, that's all true, you know, they sit down there, put their feet up, that's all true what the Lord says. Oh, I really believe that, that's really good. You know what the Lord says, and, but they obey it. They put feet to their ways, and they go and do what God says. And when they're told to be quiet, they're quiet. And when they're told to shout, they shout. And when they're told to blow the trumpets, they blow the trumpets. They just do everything as they're supposed to do. That's faith. And you wonder why we don't see strongholds of Satan coming down? When the church begins to obey God, the word of God, and the special directions concerning the worship of God as our witness in the world, not imagining how we will be witnesses for God in the world. No, it's in quietness and worship and reverence of God, we worship him. We don't have to beat drums and make a racket. We just have to obey God. And it's basically reverent worship. Because that's what they're doing as they encircle the city. They're worshiping the Lord. They're obeying the word. And they're trusting in God. He'll bring down the strongholds of Satan. And he'll save the Rahabs and the Gentiles, whoever he's going to save. They obey God too, don't they? They believe and they obey. Their faith caused them to carry it out. 
they didn't turn their back. They might have been discouraged by the lack of signs. Oh, there's no man anymore. God's away. No more tokens. You know, there's some people of God that need tokens every day. Need a token for this and a sign for this and a sign for the other. They can't trust God just according to his word and his promise. Signs and tokens are unusual. We just have to believe the Bible. Don't be asking a token for this and a sign for this. It's an evil and adulterous generation seeks after signs. This people of faith that came through the waters, all the signs went. They just had the captain of the host who was appearing amongst them and he gave them the word. He gave them the word. And that's all he had. And the Lord Jesus came amongst us, the captain of the host. He was incarnate. What did he give us? He gave us the word. He done all the signs and all the tokens and that's all he gave us. And now he says, and even an adulterous generation seeks after signs. Just believe the word. Just believe what I say. And that's all the captain of the host was wanting. Just believe what I say. Just believe me, Joshua. Just do what I say, Joshua. Just go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, teaching them to observe whatever I've commanded you, and baptize them all. Just do what I say. That's all you have to do. Nothing complicated about it. Nothing complex. Simple and straightforward. And so they, they didn't lean on the flesh. And they didn't run away because there was a lack of tokens. And they're all gone. The cloud's gone. We can run away. We're, we're, we're afraid now. We need sight. We need to see something. No, you have the word. You just have the word. That's all. That's all you need. We have the word, brethren and sisters. And the Lord Jesus Christ, our captain, he was appearing in the flesh. And he gave us the words. And as we go out to face those strongholds of Satan, we have the words of Jesus. That's all we need. He brings the walls down, not us. It's not our fleshly wisdom that converts sinners. It's not our pageantry and colors and all this and that that wins the sinners. No, it's only the Holy Spirit that makes people to be born again. It's only the Spirit of the Lord that saves souls. It's only the mighty God that really breaks down the hardness of man. We need to know that. And we just need to march and be quiet and trust him. Believe. You think he's going to let his church fail? You think he's not going to get all his elect in? You think he's going to lose some sheep? Because, you know, we, we don't do our wee bit that's needed to be added to it. Now believe. And be reverent. And worship God. So the Lord is teaching us by this. And we have to believe brethren and sisters. And Jesus has appeared for us to believe. We believe the gospel don't we? We believe the promise of his presence. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We don't need to see anything. We just believe it. This is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. He even gives us tokens about that. At the Lord's table. And the baptism token. We do have some tokens still. And they're very precious. And they're very visible. And they're very real. But they are to encourage faith. And to make us believe. Don't you believe that your sins are forgiven? For Christ's sake. Don't you believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin? Because Jesus said it. We have to believe. And my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. 
If you labor and heavy laden, you come to me, I give you the rest. And we believe. We believe. And whosoever believes on him has eternal life. We believe. I give you the spirit. I give you the comforter. He'll guide you in the truth. We believe. We trust. All power is mine. I give you my spirit. We believe. So they have this faith that doesn't turn back because of lack of signs and something visible. It sees him who is invisible. Only Joshua saw the captain. The people didn't see him, but they endured because they saw him who was invisible through his revealed word. And we have to believe and obey. The Lord sometimes proves our faith, doesn't he? You know, why just walk one day? Just one day? Or maybe six days, and then once more on the seventh day, and it'll come down. No, but the Lord says this, all this and that and the other. Thirteen times. Compass the city. Faith's tried. The Lord doesn't break in straight away. He doesn't pull down the stronghold straight away. He doesn't convert sinners by droves straight away. He tests our faith. He sees if we believe without the visible. Without the manifestations of his power. He sees if we will carry on believing and doing what is right. No matter about the lack of power at that particular point in the march. It was a faith that continued their walk. Every day they went out and walked for God. Walked with the Lord. Every day they were walk, 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 walk. That's the Christian life. Walk, walk, walk every day. Just obeying God. Just humbly obeying the Lord. Just praying, reading your Bible, going to the meetings. Just walk, walk. It's a constant circle. It's a constant path. It's the way of the flock. They must have tread out a well-worn way. Same old thing every day. Well-worn path. That's the Christian life. That's faith. Just enduring and continuing. And patience. Oh, why doesn't something happen? Why don't those walls fall down now? God said at the end, they'll fall. The last day, they'll fall. So it, it took patience and endurance. Even though it didn't seem to make sense what they were doing. They just did it. I'll tell you something else too. This is a corporate faith. It's a body you see. There's something congregational about this. You know, solitariness is not the most blessed thing in the church. The body is the most blessed thing in the church. The people of God as a body. A marching body. What did we sing there? What did we sing all one body we. We are not divided. One in hope and doctrine. One in charity. No independence there. No we solitariness there. It's unity. It's the body. It's the corporate. They all have to be out marching. The church has to believe. The whole body has to believe. The whole body has to say. And no, no child of God says, my father. That's not what the Lord taught us to say, my father. He didn't say that. He, he says that himself. The head says that himself on behalf of the body as he saves us and brings us to God. But the body doesn't say, my father. The body says, our father. The corporate body. 
The body that marches. The body that's connected to the head. Not some wee finger off on his own. Thinks he's right and everybody else is wrong. And he's the only one who's the body. No, we have to think biblically. And we wonder why Satan's strongholds aren't coming down. Solitariness is not always blessed. It's unity. It's harmony. It's corporate faith. It's the church coming together and saying, we believe. And they had expectation and anticipation. You see, they were quiet and they were patient for the six days and on the seventh day, quietly marching around there. And then the last, never Joshua gave commandment and the trumpets blew loud and the people knew it was time to shout. Now is the time to shout. That's a shout of triumph. That's a shout of victory. That's a, a shout that knows now something's going to happen. Now Satan is defeated. Now the victory is won. It's an assurance, a conviction, a sense of triumph before you actually see the walls fall. It's a shout of an anticipation. A shout of expectation. It's like that last shout at the end of the pilgrimage. And it wasn't a shout that made the walls fall. Of course, you know that. That was just a shout of triumph because there was a conviction that now was the time God was going to bring them down. At the end of the pilgrimage, a shout of triumph. You remember the chief pilgrim, Jesus Christ? As he finished his pilgrim, what did the Bible say? cried with a loud voice. That was his shout of triumph. It is finished! Shout of triumph! Victory! He's, he's murdering Jericho here. Jericho's fallen. The walls are fallen. The devil is defeated. Satan's head is bruised. A shout of victory! Cried with a loud voice. What does the psalm say? God has gone up with a shout. Even the Lord, he's gone up with a shout, with the sound of a trumpet. That's Calvary. Christ has died. He raised from the dead. He goes up with a shout. With a triumph. The walls are down. The body of Christ has free liberty now to get to the city that had foundations. What a shout of victory at the cross. And what a shout of victory at the end. When he comes back again. And the Lord himself descends with a shout. And the voice of the archangel. And the trump of God. Oh, at that end when that trumpet sounds. And when the voice of the Lord sounds. Babylon falls. And all the evil system of the dark world falls. And the people of God triumph. Well we have done it. No, it was the second coming that done it. It was God coming in glory that done it. But we are believing. We are waiting. And when we see he appears, we'll shout too. The end. So God's people will win the day. God's people will overcome every enemy. The resurrection of the dead. The fall of the kingdom of Satan. The end of all the strongholds of Satan. Sinless body, likeness unto Jesus Christ in all completeness. 
What a shout in that day. Faith will triumph and the pilgrimage will end with a shout of victory. And all will be dedicated unto God. This is foreshadowing this. You know, there's, there's more here than just walls falling down in, in an old Canaanite city. This is foreshadowing and prefiguring the church. But brethren and sisters, our witness has to be one of faith and believing God's word and doing God's word and not adding anything to God's word or changing the methodology of God or the ways of God, trying to improve on God. It's all in the book. And fleshly wisdom, which says we need this and that and the other, fleshly wisdom has to stay outside. And there just has to be confidence in God. The confidence says, I believe in God the Father. I believe in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And especially in these days, the age of the Spirit, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Ultimately, he's the one that brings down the stronghold. So let's, let's believe. Do you believe this? Amen. Let's believe.